Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome back to the podcast where the men are on the internet. Right there is Sunil. What up? Sabalos is at the border. Dude, working hard. Reviewing, revitalizing saying speeches that matter letting people know that well i'll probably be there for a while yeah you know the weather's turning you know it's getting a lot of a little bit better it's warmer mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. so you know more people trying to come through so that's facts that's <laughs> facts so uh and, and it's me i'm here having a great old time wearing pink yeah all right so how are you i'm doing good man it actually has been a last week was kind of a challenging week at work you know yeah it's omicron touching everybody you know mm. marion be touching everybody mm. just like the song I, I don't know if he if we should say it like that yeah so it was uh you know we were understaffed like usual um you know so everybody's coming in already on a hundred with their uh irritations and you know so it makes it a challenging week when you're dealing with, you know you got to be like neo with the matrix dodging all these bullets from mm. you know people are throwing left and right so but you know i'm smiling uh you know uh 49ers won yesterday oh so did they yeah they won last they beat? field goal uh green bay packers oh and i heard that the uh the football the uh kicker was like we're about to win yeah 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 that's he great yeah no that was uh that was the bills kicker the bills won yeah, but that was from a pre- no, no. I'm sorry, that was the Cincinnati. The Bengals. Bills are playing today. The Bengals. Um, the Bengals kicker was fil- said that, and he was he like, "We're about by, to yeah, be the, what AFC champs. We're about to we're about to play in the AFC uh, championship game. Wow. Because next week are the championship games. So 49ers are in. Cincinnati Bengals are in. Uh, the Rams and Tampa Bay play in a couple hours, and then the Bills and Kansas City play to finish out those two. I'm hearing a lot of people say that the Rams are. The Rams are taking taking Tom down this year. I hope so because that'd be a home game for the 49ers because you know when the 49ers uh 49ers pretty much took over the stadium so far uh <laughs> you know uh, at the end of the season but I just saw something on um Instagram somebody posted up that the Rams have put out a statement that um if if uh the Rams beat Tampa Bay, and it's a home game. They're only allowing people in the greater Los Angeles area, so they're not going to let fans from other cities come down to pl- watch the game because what? the 49ers basically took over that stadium. Wow. Yeah, so they're being salty right now. So do you think you guys are going all the way? I think so. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty confident, actually. You guys have Garoppolo. Garoppolo. You believe in him? I believe that the team wins when he's playing. <laughs> Whether or not he's the reason, it doesn't matter. All that I know is when he's playing, the team wins. So that's all that matters right now. Okay. Look at you. He's like beaming. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great day, yo. Yesterday was a great day, like, to see them win and just, like, the way that they won. It's pretty pretty amazing. Pretty epic. Yeah. That's great. Uh, the New York Giants are... <laughs> They just hired a new GM. Yes, they did, and we all, and we have a new. Uh, 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 oh man, what did I just read? 
they're gonna hire a coach pretty soon here, but they haven't quite yet. I don't think. I I saw something the other day, and and okay, so we have a new uh, GM, Joe Schoen, mm-hmm. and people are like excited about it. I read the comments; everybody's like, "Yes, this is great." Yeah, I think he came from Tampa <clears throat> Bay, so good organization. And then, uh, and so we they completed a head coach interview with Brian DeBole. Dayball. Dayball. Yeah, that's the that offensive is. coordinator from Kansas City. So, from Kansas City, yeah. so it says right here, Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator. Oh, I'm, Brian Dayball. Sorry, yeah, that's the Bills. My bad. Uh huh. Twenty first year in the NFL, fourth with the Bills, current position, overseeing development. So I mean, we pretty much going to the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> you said that last year, but all right. pretty much like <laughs> pre- <laughs> that's pretty much every year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this is our year. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> but I'm excited. I always love the, the uh, Super Bowl, of the energy around it. Uh, it always sneaks up on me, though. It's in L.A. this year. Yeah, I heard. They're, they're, they might uh, move it. What do you mean? Because of COVID. Where would they move it to? Texas or Florida, probably? I don't know. But I, I heard that on the radio that they were saying, like, if the numbers don't slow down, they are considering a last-minute move. Interesting. Yeah, and um, that lose that be so much money lost for LA. Oh yeah, and people were upset about it because you know this the halftime show is like all California greats. So people were like, "Why would you put them somewhere else?" You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think it was just like chat because COVID was running amok right now. Yeah, I wonder who's starting that story. It's probably I don't know, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about COVID. Oh wait, yeah, but like. Back to football, yeah. In general, uh, yeah, it's gonna be great. I mean the the games have been amazing. Um, other than the <clears throat> other than like the wild card games and a few games here and there, but everything's been pretty competitive. Like it's been fun to watch. I, I haven't heard. Uh, you know, obviously the team. If you're a fan of the team that lost, you know you're not happy. But right. overall, I think you know NFL is once again you know proving why they are the the best league. Yeah, at least in the U.S., it's the most exciting for sure. Um, somebody might say like college basketball, but even then, yeah. But I mean, that's good. For, I think more like gamblers like that kind mm. of stuff because of the the, the um. But the, uh, NFL, the, the spread. NFL, NFL's king. NFL's king. Yeah. Hey, uh, I I want to see Tom Brady go to the Super Bowl. You did last year. Yeah, I want to every year. Why? I like winners. I like like intense crazy winners mm. if he could win 10 times and then the only three times he's lost is to you know us and uh, <laughs> and 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 eagles. that backup quarterback over at the eagles um which i'm like upset that that happened i wish he won all right but if he could win 10 times and then leave a legacy like that like i love that and then for someone else to try and like do it again you right. know like i love that kind of stuff well it's funny i just read some reports that he isn't committing to next season so he said he has to contemplate you know what his future is going to be so oh, i'm assuming that this how this playoff goes is going to play a big role in whether or not he comes back next season wow so i'm sure if they win he'll probably retire really yeah well, would you want to retire on top I'd want to retire on top the third time around with the team where everybody said, oh, can he do it? Does he need well, the coach? Yeah, I would I do don't it three know. times I mean, in a row. Then I, I think leave. he's probably seeing the the drama of this season. And maybe that's like. Uh, What's the drama? 
the AB situation. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Like, his, um, you know, he lost a lot of receivers. Like, he, the team is not as dominant as it was last season. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. it's like, it's a lot of work. And I'm, I'm sure, like, he, he's just playing out of passion right now. It's not mm-hmm. because he needs to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. money's not a thing. I've heard reports about family life is like, on, you know, I've heard all these rumors about maybe him and Giselle aren't, you know, in the best place or oh, stuff like that. that. Sucks. So maybe, you know, there's other things to life than just. And I think that Tom Brady is going to be extremely successful outside of football. Oh, yeah. In his next career. Whatever He's going to be doing did. Domino's commercials and whatever. Yeah. Forever. He, I mean, he already has all the fitness things set up. Like, I'm sure he'd still be around the game. You know, he, 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 they'd give him multiple millions on any like pregame show or whatever mm-hmm. so it's just about what he he wants to do mm-hmm. i see him like you know how kobe was extremely successful outside of when he retired and he just transitioned extremely well into the next phase of things but I kobe think, had only had three years <clears throat> yeah but i mean you saw what he was doing obviously you know his untimely death but um his transition was one of the best mm. of any like great you know filmmaking I mean? and filmmaking you know just the um the brand the mamba mentality the stuff he was doing for the community mm-hmm. coaching his daughter's basketball team like stuff like that you just saw because you know kobe tom brady jordan these guys are in a different realm like, oh yeah, yeah what yeah. lebron's gonna do is gonna be in that same realm steph curry all these guys like other there's all these athletes that are you know good but icons mm-hmm you you want to see what they're going to do outside of you know once their next next phase of life is mm-hmm. i think tom brady set himself up well to have like a really distinct like great second part of his career and tom brady is like he's a he's even a different animal within that yeah. group of people mm-hmm. so yeah man i i like tom brady i like him a lot yeah i mean it's hard i think a lot of people have started to like him more now that he's outside of new england mm-hmm. he's been able to show more of his personality like he's a great follow on social media mm-hmm. he's hilarious mm-hmm. and his that have you seen any of that um his special on espn no i haven't seen any of them yet yeah but i've heard great things about it too so it's like a documentary it's like a part. You know how they did that thing with Jordan? Like, oh, the, he has that too. He has a similar type thing where he's. Oh, they should have hyped it up more. They, it is. I think. I haven't heard anything about it. Mm. Well, um, since we're talking about icons, yeah, we never got to a chance to mention the people that passed away. Okay, and there've been a lot. Um, so I'm sorry if I don't remember everybody, but um, uh, Sydney Poitier. Sydney Poitier. I wanted to start with Betty White. Okay. Betty White. At 99 years old. And she pretty much didn't quit until the last few years. Mm-hmm. And, and that too, she was still relevant. She yeah. She was still like, doing stuff. Right. You know, here and there. Commercials. You know, as like, you can imagine, cameos. like her uh, health probably declined right. to where she couldn't do as much. But to be that dedicated <laughs> to being the Betty White is insane. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of celebrities, like if you think about like, um, what's the name of that legendary dude that, that, uh, Jack, Jack Nicholson, Mm -hmm. like he quit acting and quit acting Mm -hmm. and like, hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. He's not like seen just at Laker games. Just, yeah. Just at Laker games, games, you know, doing what he does, but he's not like, Visible. You know, he's not in your face right. still somehow. And Betty White was. I mean, they were going to throw her a 100-year-old birthday party. Right. 
And she was about to probably come out and have the time of her life. Absolutely. So to just be that lady, I just think is amazing. So uh, testament to her being herself. Yeah. Right. She yeah. wasn't ever like that. When you can have that much longevity, just because you have an amazing personality and you know character, it shows that she was able to merge her own personality into something that's entertaining and a role that people you know loved. Mm-hmm. And she's like most people know her obviously from the Golden Girls, mm-hmm. like our age group. But mm-hmm. she was a dime piece back in the day. Oh yeah, man, she's she was she's a gorgeous lady yeah. from inside out. I'm from where we're sitting. Right. You know, we don't know everything, but um, we lost a big one. You know, mm-hmm. and even though she was elderly, you you kind of thought you kind of had that feeling that you would never lose her. Yeah. You know, and it's like she's just getting older and younger. Yeah, I don't think I think at a certain point she doesn't she never seemed like she was getting older. Yeah, because she had that great energy about her. And whenever you saw her, it was always like in a comedic type. Yeah. You're just like, oh, like it's nostalgia like we talked about. And Mm -hmm. you're just like, oh, happy. Like there's no she didn't, you know, do too much. Like she didn't become like this big activist or anything like that where, you know, you could rub one one side of the Mm -hmm. aisle a certain way. I think. Everybody just genuinely enjoyed her because Mm -hmm. of who she was as a person. Right. And she did stand up for a few things that she believed in, but she did it in such a nice, funny, cool, comedic way that you would never be like, right? you know. So, uh, yeah, you know, that generation is just slowly out of here, you know. Can I I, uh, bring up one that that was a big loss to me, like somebody that I genuinely followed a lot? Yeah. Um, Norm MacDonald. When did he pass away? He passed away recently, probably within the last three, four weeks. He three, was four weeks? Can- yeah, he was battling maybe a month, maybe two months at the most. Really? Yeah. Um, he was like battling was cancer. Wow. And, and he never said anything. Never talked about it. Yeah. Like, I think only probably his close circle knew about it. September. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so it was, I guess it was a while. Back. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Yeah, so but he still he was still a big loss. Yeah, I mean he his style of humor to me was uh, so epic. Mm-hmm. Like he just was he's so he was such a comedic genius as far as his ability to just take the dad joke to another realm mm. where just anybody could uh, enjoy like his stuff that he used to be on like um, all those late night shows, especially with Conan O'Brien epic epic and loved it he had like that 12 minute joke mm-hmm. about the moth which is hilarious and then his roast of bob saget who mm-hmm. rest in power as well just mm-hmm. passed away recently but mm-hmm. um yeah a couple couple comedic legends with him and you know bob saget yeah bob saget was next on the list mm-hmm. that one came as such a surprise right. that was like because he was just about to do another tour yeah, I mean, he had just finished a show in Florida. Yeah. And I don't know how he passed away or what happened, but that one like felt like a little bit of a stab in the gut because <laughs> we're so familiar with him. He's, you know? he, was a, he was the 90s dad, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you know, and just that like being plucked into the memory file yeah. of like, that's no longer a thing is weird. Yeah. It's an odd feeling. Um, he wasn't that old. He was 65. Right. Um, and to see how beloved he was across the board. Black people loved him. Rappers loved him. White people loved him. It was just like, okay, this guy made an impact. Danny Tanner. That's it. 
So, um, and to see all the people from Full House come out and do like group, like a group message, a combined, mm-hmm. like it was just like, oh man, that that's rough. Um, and, and he's done like it's so funny how his Danny K- Tanner character is so different from who he is right. as a person. Right? He was like a filthy mouth <laughs> dude, yeah. but still like super lovable. Right. His it's, stuff on Entourage is great. Yeah. Like, if you went to his comedic show, it's like completely different stand up. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's completely different from his role on Danny Tanner. But it just shows like he know, had range. Range. Yeah. He had absolutely. Range. Uh, do you know who Meatloaf is? Of course. Meatloaf passed away. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, Meatloaf passed away. We kind of brushed over Sidney Poitier too. Oh no, I'm gonna come back to okay. him. I have a connection to Sidney Poitier, not like a, a personal connection, mm-hmm. but just like because why I'm here. Yeah. yeah, like why I'm here. But um, meatloaf, meatloaf passed away. I wish the bottles was here because he's more of a meatloaf person. Put out some great music, right? Um, and then another one that really surprised me was Virgil Abloh. Yeah, man, I woke up and saw that, and I was like, "Whoa!" I didn't know he was battling. Um, what I forgot. What, what, I think he had cancer. Cancer, yeah. Yeah, forty-four years old. That's rough. And he's made such an impact, mm-hmm. especially in the hip hop mm-hmm. fashion community. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. I know that one, that one stung the community a lot. Yeah. That was out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and he was just working, posting things on Instagram like the day before. Right. Then boom, passed away. Like, whew. it's, it's pretty, um, I, I admire how a lot of these celebrities are, have, you know, the, the way you just didn't even know that they were hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chadwick Boseman last year say, is doing yeah. the same thing. And it's just amazing that the, the strength, because I always, that's one thing I've always um, not, uh, I always was never jealous of. <laughs> like, I always was like that part of fame where everything is in the spotlight. Like, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. really hard. Like, we think about our own personal lives. There's some lows that I wouldn't want the world to be able to see or have to figure out a way how to be in front of millions of people and and try not to have an attitude or, or things like that right mm-hmm. but um you know guys like virgil chadwick last year you know um norm mcdonald we were talking about that are dealing with these just debilitating type mm-hmm. uh sicknesses and handling it in a way where their fans never have to feel never felt sorry for them because they never showed it mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i think that's that's admirable. Yeah, yeah. I, I, when when I heard that Chad Chadwick Boseman passed away, I couldn't even believe it because you would think that he's this young, strapping, healthy guy. He's Black Panther. He's Man, a superhero, you know. And then that one took me out. Right, it took me out. But um, on to Sydney Poitier. Um, when I was in high school, I had a teacher named Miss Gabe, mm-hmm. who I should probably check up on, <laughs> but. <clears throat> she was a very challenging teacher. She was the first teacher to ever give me an F on something. What, what was this uh, subject or just a uh, honors English? Okay. Uh, she gave me an F, but like in a midterm thing. So okay. it wasn't like my official grade, uh-huh. but I, my whole life I was just kind of like, I could mm-hmm. just do anything and still pass. And she was just like, you're doing fine, but I want to challenge you. So you get an F until you really try. And I was like, well, what I am, you know, but uh, I remember in class one day she was like in love with films and she showed us uh, some work by Sidney Poitier 
And she, I remember her clearly saying, you guys have to admire the work because he's not going to be here for much longer. She said that in 2008. Do you remember what you watched of his? He, him accepting the Oscar, him with uh, Jamie Foxx, and then it was like clips of different projects. Mm-hmm. And we also watched um, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner and also um, A Raisin in the Sun. Okay. So when I, I think watched, that's what he's most known for, right? A Raisin, a Raisin in the Sun. I think Guess Who's Coming for, uh, to Dinner. Oh, okay. Because he, uh, uh, and then he had the movie where he slapped the white guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's known for that as well. I mean, he's like, you know, he's accomplished. For sure, because um, he broke through so many. Oh yeah, at the, barriers. the time, yeah. and he had the movie where uh, I believe it was Guess Who's Coming to Dinner when he was dating a white girl, mm-hmm. and he like made that epic speech of, you know, you see a ma- you see a black man, I see a man, you mm-hmm. know, and but the, the raisin in the sun. I watched it and was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, and I wrote a show that had a similar premise. And even to this day, I might have been 17. It's one of my favorite things I've ever written. Wow. And Were you able, ever able to put it out? No, it's just in my heart. Oh, you nice. know, like I just have it. And a lot of people read it. A lot of people felt it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did that. And then I decided I want to move to L.A. and be an actor and blah, blah, blah. And my audition to AMDA was a scene from A Raisin in the Sun. Wow. And I tried to do my best Sidney Poitier uh, uh, rendition. And the lady, I remember the lady uh, who auditioned me was just like, listen, (laughs) try it your way. Yeah, just be you. Yeah, try it your way. (laughs) But I was like, but that's Sidney. Yeah. That's Sidney. Yeah. I don't understand if it was somebody else, Mm -hmm. but that's Sidney. Yeah, and she was like, "It's okay. Like, you're not gonna do any disrespect to him. You actually will show respect by being inspired by the work and then doing it your way, your way." And once I did it, I think the third time around, she was like, "That's it," and I got into the school. Nice. Um, when you hear a guy who has an accent, he's a Bahamian dude. Mm-hmm. You have, he has an accent, and he's in 60s America. To me, that's like a two-fold thing. It's black, but it's also Bahamian. It's multiple layers of other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's different. And he he sounded so distinguished to me. Like oh, he yeah. was just class. Like if you if they had eloquence, class in the dictionary. Sidney Poitier could definitely be yeah, the picture next right there, just because he just exuded that. I felt like, mm-hmm. and I don't know anything about him. He could have been like about his personal life. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying the the in, aura in the public he gave life, off. right? Yeah, just the aura he gave off. Yeah, I agree. Um, that was a special guy, and I unfortunately feel like we let that sit in the memory file for too long while he was still he, around. He didn't get his flowers enough. Yeah. Because unfortunately, hist- history isn't something that I think our the younger generation we could probably even throw our generation in there. Mm-hmm. Um, we take for granted, mm-hmm. you know, we take for granted how hard it was for a guy like Sidney Poitier 
to be Sidney Poitier and with what class that he did it with, mm-hmm. it's something that most nowadays wouldn't aren't built for. No, yeah. you wouldn't be able to, like if we were just with the amount of um, opportunities we have now. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's people that like um, create struggle mm-hmm. uh, or create problems because they it's just life's too easy right now for mm-hmm. most. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, I admire people like that mm-hmm. um, that have that have made it easier for the next generation to, you know, be successful to exist peacefully mm-hmm. and <laughs> successfully. Right. Yeah that that was my guy. Um, you know, he, he might have been. I think he might have been eighty nine or something. Yeah, he like lived that. a full life. Which yeah. Is so it's not you know. It's not like we lost him too soon, mm-hmm. but you never want to see giants fall. Right. Never, you know. Um, but I'm glad that so many of our young celebrities gave it, gave him that respect. Right. You know, because when you see the pictures and and Jamie Foxx and all these things, you know, you just realize like, okay, at least the community right. was like, you're the man. Do you think the, um, like in the black actor community... There's another legend like that 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 um, that when they pass away will have a similar type of feeling. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I can think only think w- of two. Who? I would say Morgan Freeman. Yeah. And but he's think, a different type of legend too. Different yeah. Time periods. And, but I think that as far as the type of um, respect that he gets mm-hmm. amongst the community, Morgan Freeman, and I'd say Denzel. Right. I think those guys are highly respected, but because of the time period, uh, I, I mean, Sidney Poitier, like, broke barriers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just due to the time of him being who he is. Uh, I think that when we watch a Sidney Poitier movie... When we watch a Denzel movie, you're watching like two different things. And right. not not to say like the movie, but what I'm saying is it's like Muhammad Ali is like the greatest boxer, but we also remember him for being the a man of the people. Right. You know what I mean? And that's what I think about when I think of Sydney Party. Yeah, but I think the younger generation is gonna look to Denzel as probably one of the actors that allowed a black man to be taken serious as uh one of the greatest actors. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I think that, I mean, Morgan Freeman brought a certain class mm-hmm. that I think people look at. You know, they're, they're, they're redefining how a black actor mm-hmm. is looked at. That's what I'm putting it in, in the, in the sense of that. You know what I mean? If Bill Cosby never did what he right? did, he'd be in that. He'd well. be that guy. Yeah. Um, there's more. I just can't like Eddie Murphy. Eddie, but once again, I'm talking about the time. I'm not talking, I'm talking about how, it changed the way, right? But I think Eddie Murphy, you yeah, know, he I mean, was like the this version of uh, of uh, uh, Richard Pryor, yeah, you know, who changed the landscape of comedy. Um, and before before we move on from right, there's one more Louis Anderson, I think his name is the comedian. He was in oh uh, yes, coming to America. He was in coming to America. Yeah, yeah I think passed away. Anderson. Yeah, oh, he just man. recently this week, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, there's uh, been a lot of death. Yeah. yeah, some of the names we're not mentioning, but there's been a lot of death, and 
I just hope, yeah, I just hope that your families are okay and everybody holds each other and reminds each other, like, yo, we ain't got all this time. Like Ms. Gabe told me, you know, we don't know how much time we got left. Right. So let's just empower and enjoy each other today. And what a way to, you know, these people are blessed in the sense that their work will continue to keep them living on far, far beyond, um, you know, when people when people's like memories of them mm-hmm. go away. Right. Yeah. You can always go back and watch a Sydney Portier movie. Mm-hmm. You can go back and see, um, you know, uh, Norm MacDonald and all these guys we mentioned and, mm-hmm. and, and Betty White and, you know. It's great that they made such an impact that their work can continue to move forward, mm-hmm. you know, past the death, right? So, yeah. kudos to them. And shout out to these folks. Um, all right, let's take a quick break, and we're going to come back to talk about more exciting things. Welcome back to the show where the men are on the internet. Luckily, we have good Wi-Fi today. Yeah, we do. So we have a, I have a, <laughs> I have a conversation. <laughs> I have a conversation for you. That sounds like the most ghetto thing that you could talk about. We got good Wi-Fi today. <laughs> hey, listen, man. Sometimes it ain't be working. Um, all right. So Jay-Z and Meek Mill are putting efforts out to make sure that uh, that rap lyrics are blocked from being used in court. Mm. And go. It's interesting. I mean, I definitely understand why. I don't know. I, I guess. So, what do you think the reason, or I guess, what is pushing this thought process? Because it's more of a. So, on the face value, it is because some of these lyrics that are being used in court are being used to uh, as evidence against some of these rappers that are coming up for court cases, right? They're using the lyrics when they're talking about killing, shooting, drug dealing, you know, mm-hmm. incriminating themselves through their lyrics. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's accurate, sometimes it's just for theater, right? And but they're being used in the court of law as evidence of a crime and people are going to jail. I mean, if it, if it syncs up, right. Right. Yeah. You know, the other day I was listening to a a couple of songs, a 21 Savage song, a Lil Wayne song. And the way that they approach murder is just like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just Tuesday. Yeah. They like one of the lyrics that 21 Savage said, was, he was like, uh, I call these people twins. Cause I threw the bodies in the same river. I was like, no, wait a second. <laughs> Whoa. Are we talking about killing? Right. And then there was a Lil Wayne song I was listening to where it was just like, like he was essentially saying like I'll shoot a pregnant woman I put the gun to your neck I put Mm -hmm. the gun to your throat like all the stuff and I was just like well damn like when did that happen and it's a little bit disturbing to hear because you know when I'm listening to rap I'm not really paying attention to what you're saying it's a vibe you know but when I do start paying attention I'm like there's a lot of murder in this Remember that "Who I Smoke" song? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, they're, they're, they like it's crazy how catchy you could make something so serious and destructive. Yeah, but you're making it catchy and normalizing it. Yeah, and it's it's completely insane. Now, when you look outside, it almost feels like I'm not saying that the rappers 
are changing culture in that way, but it almost feels like people are listening and they're like, this is fine. Yeah, I mean, so to to take to keep it on on point, I understand where Jay Z and Meek Mill are coming from. Meek Mill is doing a lot; like he's changed his life around to try to help with the prison reform, prison reform, and you know him being somebody who was uh, like overcharged for you know certain crimes and things like that. I think he has a personal place in his heart to make sure that he can make the world better for people that have that are going through similar things right Mm -hmm. jay-z i think is like transitioned into that ambassador of hip-hop type role as a you know the godfather that is has a lot of equity and has a lot of resources and is you know putting his weight and his clout behind certain causes and this is one of them i think prison Mm -hmm. reform i think is a big thing especially with you know we've had this conversation about academics um, I think that he's a cl- I think he, he kind of is quote unquote like culture vulture because he puts out all these negative things. I learned so much about who got shot, who went to jail, all that kind of stuff because it comes out on academics page. And I get it. Like, you know, he's he that's the, the lane that he's in. But it, he, it's the same thing as some of these lyrics are doing where it's normalizing a certain behavior, sometimes even glamorizing it. And it's not like. And it makes it, like you said, easier for um, impressionable youths, not even impressionable youths, like just kids, teenagers, adults mm-hmm. that are looking at that and they're seeing this in the music videos, they're seeing, hearing it in the songs, repetitive, 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 mm-hmm. to where it, it causes them to act in a different way. So the point I was trying to make is I understand that they're trying to make a change to help um, what they look at as their community rappers and things like that to um, to change the trajectory of their life by not having to go to jail behind these lyrics. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, where's the effort to change the mindset behind why are we sitting for hours and hours thinking of creative ways to talk about how I killed somebody? Mm-hmm. Think of creative ways on how um, I could think about selling drugs or you know whatever with women. That's a talent to come up with creative ways of doing that. Telling Why not use that story. same talent to change the message of the music overall? You know what well, I mean? Well, they're going to say, well, that's the life I live. But and then if it's, that's, a refle- it's art reflective of life. True. But what I'm saying is in, in, that, in that case, then you can't get you, upset that it. the lyrics are, are being used, right? The whole point is... At least, and I haven't thought about it. I, don't, I haven't read it, but I don't know if this is the point that they're trying to make. I would assume the point that they're trying to make is this is art. This isn't real life. Until it's real life. But what, no, I'm saying what Jay-Z. I get, I get what you're saying. Jay-Z, yeah, but what I'm saying is if if it is real life, then you can't argue why shouldn't this be used? Mm-hmm. Because that's like saying, um, you know, I admitted to doing a crime, but that can't be used in a court. No, if I put it out there and I, I said it, mm-hmm. as long as it wasn't obtained illegally, mm-hmm. then it should be used against me, right? Anything you say or do can be used against you in a court of law, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the argument that I'm assuming they're making is they're utilizing art as facts when it's not. It's art. But, okay, if that's your art, why not use that creativity to reflect something else versus something so negative destructive a type of art that could get you thrown in jail right so from where i'm sitting 
there's there was a period of time where if a business had a or if there was a traffic camera mm-hmm. and you did a traffic crime or whatever um they couldn't use the traffic camera to look at you doing a crime from somewhere else even though it was in the scope of the camera I never really understood why, mm-hmm. you know, and I guess they were trying to say it's not the purpose of the camera. It's to catch traffic incidents. Mm-hmm. But if somebody robbed the Pizza Hut and it was on camera, but they can't use it. To me, that says the same thing. Like, if you are about that life and then you put it in your lyrics mm-hmm. and they have just about all the evidence that they need already. And this is the closer you admitting it. Whose fault is that? Right. I would say the person making the stand. Like, you got to be smart. Right. You know? So, look. Like, if you're going on Vlad TV, you better realize what's going on. Right. (laughs) So, here's my thing. I think there's too much in our culture in general, like life in America. Mm -hmm. There is instant opportunity for it to be someone else's fault always blame game yeah it's always someone else did this to me and look man if you are making those songs and you're just like little tecca and you say i'm gonna make people tap dance i'm gonna shoot at their feet blah 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 and you never do that you probably don't know what a gun looks like okay no offense little tecca (laughs) but still not okay but if you're not living that life okay but if you're if people are using rap lyrics in court, you probably did so. You're probably in a sitch, right? The rap lyrics is not going to be the be all end all, right? But it's just going to be an additional point to whatever it is that you're in there for. So uh, and- you have to find a, a sense of accountability and responsibility within yourself, and say, "Hey, look, a I probably shouldn't be doing this anyway." And then, B, I'm not going to rap about it and tell you every detail of what I did. I think what sounds good is always saying, it's the system, it's the system, it's the system. We should abolish this system where uh, where we don't have repercussions. And at the end of the day, if you look at California today, uh, the, uh, the abolition of systems have repercussions, yay or nay. Absolutely. If you just walk outside, the, uh, I read an article that said the other day crime is up 94% in Los Angeles. I think Governor Newsom just said we're acting like we're a third world country in California. Acting like? Yeah. Because he was doing some speech in front of about the um, the train robbery. Mm-hmm. He's like, what are we doing? It's like a third world country. Mm-hmm. I'm like, huh. Governor God. Newsom. Interesting. <laughs> That you so, say so like, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So all things have repercussions. Mm-hmm. But when we start acting like they don't, that's when, hey, uh, everything goes crazy. Do you know in China, you do any little thing, you're down for like 20. Mm-hmm. Remember when that uh, kid, uh, the basketball player? LaMelo. LaMelo Ball oh, went and like stole the yeah. sun- sunglasses. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> you're going to stay here for a while. Right. And it took everything to get that kid back. Right. Like, when there is repercussions for your actions, extreme ones in certain cases, people fall in line. Right. They start doing the the tap dance in their head. Well, I don't want to go to prison for 15. And not saying that 
we want to go to what China does. No, but I'm just happening. I'm just giving you an example right. of like extremism. Yeah. You know, over here it is slowly, actually somewhat quickly leaning towards a like repercussions don't matter. Right. To if you look at the opposite, hey, look, man, the crime rate is very low, very, very, very low. So what can we do to find that the yin and the yang to find balance? So what do you think about Jay-Z and Meek putting their efforts and their their? Uh, I think it's ill-placed efforts. So I you, think you feel like their um, energy can be spent elsewhere to change. Yeah. I mean, let's let's keep it 100 most of these kids who are rappers and things like that, who are putting these lyrics in their music, they they don't have any counsel. They, they don't have any counsel. Not to say they don't have fathers or they don't have mothers or whatever, but they don't have somebody who's outside of their environment to tell them, you probably shouldn't do that. I... Th- I- that's one, but I think the thing is there's not avenues or lanes for a realm for to create any type of other music and be successful. There is not or there is a very small lane. No, you can. But what like if you're if your whole life is your goal is to become have a career based off of being a rapper. It it reminds me of um you remember that scene in Ray where... I never actually saw it. Oh, you didn't? Okay. Well, I've seen a, parts. There's a scene where um, his, I believe it's his first wife, he's walking with her. Jamie Foxx is walking with his first wife and she's basically talking to him about like, why do you always sound like these other artists? Mm. And he's he's saying, I'm a blind black man. She was a white lady? No, it was a black, black woman mm. as well. But he, basically the point... I'm just paraphrasing. He's saying I'm a black blind man. There's not very many opportunities for me to be successful. So I sing what other people like because mm-hmm. I I'm afraid if I if I do anything else, like what else can I do? Right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like this is the lane that I know I can make money in. Mm-hmm. So breaking out of that lane is, you know, scary because sure. I don't know how many opportunities I have. So her message to him was like, well, if you have the talent to sound so great like these other people, you have that same talent to sound like yourself. Yeah, that's right? right. So but I'm using that to say if you're someone who opportunities in your mind are minimal and you're seeing this is what sells, mm-hmm. you tend to just do that because you want to get on. Right. So remember when I said why, you know, you're like, oh, you're a Drake hater. Yeah, you My, hate him. The reason why is because him? Drake isn't this hood guy. Uh-huh. He's never been that. Okay. He could give an opportunity to be completely different because of how talented he is, mm-hmm. because of how respected he is, mm-hmm. but he still chooses to be the this hood guy. And I think that is detrimental because they see a guy like Drake, who's never lived in the streets, who's never had any of these type of issues, become the biggest rapper of all time, making knife talk making um making you know um what was that like mob ties Mm -hmm. making all this type of music so they're like well i've never had that so what kind of music do i have to make to be able to make money and that's what i'm saying but i don't know if that's fair because drake has a label where the artists do not make that kind of music okay but are those artists as big as these other artists that are making that type of music they have a following 
But I think the thing is like the difficulty about art is half of it is what you make and the other half is what is received. Finding success in art is catching lightning in a bottle. In a bottle, mm-hmm. you can make something amazing, like a painter is gonna die poor, but his memory will be his memory will be rich. Mm-hmm. You never know. Mm, I think that it could. I think that we're. I think that it's more than just lightning in a bottle. I think a lot of it is manipulated. By sure. labels, by the people that because if you go for a moment, if you play the same song over and over and over and over again, yeah, eventually people are going to be like, oh, for it's a hot moment, because sure, for a moment, but to create something sustainable is not that simple. So here's an example: Kodak Black. Everybody says he like fell off, mm-hmm. right? But then he came right back recently because he's been dropping songs on on YouTube, and he has a song called Super Gremlin. That just exploded. Mm-hmm. I think last week it was number ten in the in the country. Have you heard the song? I haven't. Okay. Of all the songs that he's been putting out, he's been putting out a lot of songs, like pretty much every week. A song on YouTube with a cool little video. That song, according to label representatives, they didn't know it was going to blow up. People just gravitated to it, mm-hmm. and I think that you can manipulate. Things to a certain extent. Some there's a certain amount of times you could replay things to where even somebody who says I hate the song will eventually get it stuck in their head. But you can't do that in a sustainable way because people ultimately are in charge of what they like. So if if there was the almighty label that gave everybody their what they felt was right, then Nelly would still be the number one artist in the world then Chingy would still be the biggest rapper. You know, Snoop Dogg would still would sell a million albums first week, but that's not what happens. Ultimately, things change. Somebody comes in, they all they alter sound and people either gravitate to it or they don't. Or sometimes people try it and they don't gravitate to it, then 5 but years later. But think about what you're saying. What am I you saying? You keep talking about sounds. I'm talking about lyrics. I, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I think that like who I smoke Mm-hmm. That song would be dope if the lyrics were anything else. Yeah, but I'm saying if that song came out in 2004, it wouldn't do very well. Yeah, but but that's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about the content that continues to be. So the sounds have changed. The content hasn't. So you feel, okay, that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying the content has changed. No, I don't think so. Okay, so you don't think you don't think that when Snap Rap was a thing and Duro was making an ice cream paint job... That's the same as what we have today? I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, but during that same time, they were talking about Young Jock was creating Coffee Shop. What was Coffee Shop about? It was a unique way of talking about being a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. All of those Snap songs, they were still talking about um, that, yup, in my white tee, talking about where he kept his, I, I keep the Glock up right beside me, like... Mm-hmm. So I, 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 wear, I, I wear these type of pants to hide the gun that's in my... You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's all the same content. The sounds have changed. I think it's changed. similar, but it's not the same. How is that not the same? Because today, people are... because Are, why are they do, not glorifying drug dealing, killing, gangster life, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, but it's more explicit. What's like, more explicit? Now or back then? Now. Now it's way mm-hmm. more explicit. More explicit than what NWA was doing? Yeah. Mm. I think so. I don't know. Why I think do it's you all make, the same. 
YG making a song about how I'm going to rob you, how I'm going to break into your house, murder you, and rob your stuff is explicit. Like, <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, but Pac was making similar songs. Like, I'm saying, like, and maybe this, the content has evolved, but, I mean, it's getting more and more explicit, but that's what I'm saying. They're working on how to be creative with the same type of content. Mm-hmm. There's only a certain, like, they're evolving the that's what I'm saying. It's more and more creativity on how it's I could... put in the wrong place. All I'm saying yeah. is that same creativity, if they could use it in a different avenue. Let, let's talk about how we can um, be as creative talking about business principles. Sure. How could we be as but creative talking about... who likes that about, stuff? I mean, I like... There's certain rappers. Like, I like when... Um, I know I do. That's why I listen to guys. I love... Um, like Big Sean, because Big Sean makes a lot of music about hustle, mm-hmm. like just hustle as a mentality. You know, like he has uh, like dope lines about like work ethic and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Kid Ink is another rapper that I really like. You still listen he, to Kid Ink? I like his a lot of his music because he was always talking about ambition and hustling and business entrepreneurship and all that kind of I'm stuff. Put my money in the index fund. <laughs> I'm just saying, oh, oh, oh. I'm not creative enough. But I'm pretty sure Drake is. Maybe Natchez. I'm pretty sure not. Nah, he's not either. Um, there's a lot of. Uh, he said, no, no, no. We're no, talking about something either. No, but I'm saying, like, these rappers, they're super talented. Mm-hmm. They're super creative. And it is art. But why not use that same energy to be able to do that? And all they need. Because they don't know. Are these old heads, the Jay Z's, the Meeks, the, to give them the blessing to be like, look, let's do it different. Right. And That's what I was saying. They need counsel. Right. Um, but you also have to remember that the people have an infatuation with mob mafia lifestyle because it's not your lifestyle. Right. So it's a peek in the window of people doing things that they're not supposed to be doing. So, yeah, it's popular because I don't know if I want to listen to hustle music all day long. I don't know if I want to listen to empowering music all day long. Sometimes I want to listen to I put my Glock out and I shot him in the tempo. You know, like that's cool, but I'm saying that's all that's there. That's not all. That's not true. Okay, so I mean, what is the what? What are the top rappers right now that aren't that? You okay, say Kendrick, J Cole, Rod Roddy. Roddy. I'm sorry, Rod uh, Rod Wave. He's huge. I don't know who he is. He's very big. Um. Rod Wave is like a However fat Drake. Many, let's say there's 10. Mm-hmm. I can name you 100 that are bigger or just as big that are talking about gangster life. Drugs, well, here, here's killing. the thing. I, I feel like it's where you look. It's where you look. Because some of these guys are not as big as we think they are. If we just go look at the Billboard Top 100. Sure. Um, so the number one song right now, can you take a guess? Are we talking about just hip hop? No, just in the world. No, let's just do hip hop. See, that's what I'm saying. Like we're looking only at. But we're talking about rap lyrics. That's but I thought you were saying. I thought you were saying like no, that's we're all we're seeing. I'm talking about. We're talking. The whole point was Jay Z and and they're not saying, hey, let's make sure R and B lyrics aren't. In in the in the courts, okay. They're not so, saying let's let's make sure our pop songs aren't in the courts. They're saying rap lyrics. So okay. go to Billboard Top Hundred Rap. Okay, let's see what we got. Rap, Hot One Hundred Rap. Okay, the number one rap song 
is Super Gremlin by Kodak. Okay. That's the song I was talking about that people just gravitated to. And, um, you know, my internet doesn't work anymore. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you're going to have to look it up. But uh, the number one song is Super Gremlin, and that's a Kodak Black song. So, I don't know. I kind of feel like mainstream hip-hop definitely has taken a turn towards the trap and all that kind of stuff. But then again, like... um, Corday just dropped an album and he doesn't rap about that stuff. And he got an you know. There's gonna be outliers here. I'm talking about in general. <laughs> uh-huh. Um I think do they not allow? Do you have to like be Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to find it. But um Yeah, I think you have to be subscribed be able to see billboard now that's how ridiculous fine. but I, I i don't think that's really that debatable my guy i'm sure out of the top 100 songs 80 percent of them are gonna be hood songs um okay i mean but you also have to remember rap is from the hood i get it but what i'm saying is not everybody from the hood is a gangster uh a, a drug dealer uh you know, um, uh, a shooter. And that's why it's all about, like, being real, you know? Because even in the culture, like, if you're not real, then people call you out about it. I get that. But what I'm saying is uh, when we're talking about going back to the original point, Jay-Z and Jay-Z and Meek uh, Mill. Milk Mill, what can they do to actually make more of a change in this and maybe they are doing it we're only talking about this one aspect mm-hmm. maybe there's a full length thing and maybe they are in the communities that are changing trying to change the mindset and all that kind of stuff as well okay i, I got a list from okay. billboard so this is a list of the hottest year end songs end of december which is not that far off okay okay so the hottest rap songs from last year were mood by 24k uh golden featuring ian dior Astronaut in the Ocean, Up by Cardi B. Mm-hmm. Um, Industry Baby by Lil Nas X. Oh, Industry Baby. <laughs> you like that song? Yeah, I actually do. Okay. Uh, Rap Star by Polo G. Mm-hmm. Uh, Calling My Phone by uh, Lil TJ and Black. I really like that song. Um, what You Know About Love by Pop Smoke, your guy. My guy. Pop Smoke was a little bit of a shooter, too, though. 100% of a shooter. When, when he said, when he said, they said, why you bring a gun to church? He said, because I might have to bring him to the Lord. I, yeah. said, I said, well, <laughs> I feel a little uncomfortable right now. Yeah. He's <laughs> definitely a gangster. And lived the life all the way up until his death, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, Best Friend by Saweetie and Doja Cat. Mm-hmm. Um, Wants and Needs by Drake and Lil Baby. And Beatbox, if you remember that song, by Spottom Gotham, who I think is in prison right now. Um, yeah, so I mean, the top ten. That's scammer music, hood music. Are most is it really? Song. Yeah. Well, anything me, by Cardi B is a scammer song. Come on now, <laughs> up and it's up and it's up and it's up and it's stuck. You know that song? What's it about? I don't know. I just think like <laughs> when it's up and it's stuck. I don't think it's scammer music. Okay. You never heard that terminology when it's up? It's up and it's stuck. What is she talking about? I think like like the money is up and it's stuck. Okay. You don't think so? No. You think it's drugs? I don't know what it is. I, I think it's scammer. See, music. look at scam. <laughs> what about best friend? That's my best friend. That sounds cool. 
But that's one song on what's the rest of the album? Mood. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, scammer. The album. The album. Yeah. Uh, Saweetie. Most I never of their heard her songs album. are like gonna be scammer stuff. I guess so, but Industry Baby though. <laughs> did you hear that he's getting sued for uh, somebody else did the man pregnant thing? Yeah, the industry is in an interesting place. A lot of lawsuits going on right now. But um, we'll leave you at that. Um, you want to say anything else? No. All right, cool. Let's go get something to eat. All right. Okay. Uh, people on the internet, we'll catch you next week. <laughs> Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.